Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. Podcast listener, and welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and I am joined by one of my co-hosts in crime this evening, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kev? Uh, it's going good, Chris. Uh, I just want to say, based on the recording date here, and when I'm guessing the show will go up, um, this coming Sunday in the States is Father's Day. So as a fellow father, happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you as well. Uh, it is Father's Day for us up here as well in Canada. Um, but I know other countries celebrate at different times. Um, I think Sweden was a few weeks ago, if I if I remember correctly. But uh, yeah, no, uh, you got any plans for, uh, for Father's Day? Um, not that, okay, not that's confirmed. Um, oh, okay. As you probably remember for, uh, it, it, you know, like, um, my kid's only nine, so there's, uh, you know, the plan that he says a week ahead of time, and then there's what actually happens. Mm-hmm. Which, which is frequently two different things. Um, yep. right now, though, this, it, it was going to come up later in the, you know, what I've been into lately and all, but I'll dump it all here. Um, he saw the trailers for the new Transformers Rise of the Beast movie. Oh, okay. And he said he wanted to watch all of the Transformers movies. <clears throat> hmm. Now, I've seen some of them, but it started getting pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, like, I was enjoying them less and less, so I haven't seen probably half of them. Um, but um, my, my son, he wanted to start from the beginning. So we watched all of the first Transformers movie uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we got halfway through the second, a little more than halfway. He was just like, you know, this is too much Transformers for one day. Mm-hmm. So we're going to finish the second one and then maybe do the third, the third, maybe even the fourth this weekend. And I don't think we're going to make it while it's in the theater for Rise of the Beast, but I'll try to find some way for us to watch it. Yeah. Um, he's he's really like he's enjoying the heck out of it, um, and I'm trying to keep an open mind for all of it mm-hmm. as, as I'm rewatching them. Yeah, and I heard, um, I I don't want it spoiled by anyone. All I have heard is that at the end of Rise of the Beast, there's some crazy scene that people were going nuts for, and one of my friends wanted to spoil it for me. I said, No, I'm actually 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be watching it, so I don't want to know anything. Yeah. Huh. Um, but there's also The Flash comes out this weekend, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Right. Yeah, I've actually uh, got my ticket to see The Flash. I'm going to going on uh, Friday morning. Or, no, I guess Friday, 1230, so technically afternoon, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like, the... They did a good job marketing it because they really pushed the Michael Keaton aspect to this movie, and that's really what I'm going for because Batman '89 is like my favorite Batman movie. Um, so to see him back in that role, that's why I'm I'm going for sure. Well, there was a there was a new commercial on tonight, and very smart marketing for it. Um, they're showing Michael Keaton, they're showing Ezra Miller, and all. They're like, this Father's Day, watch the one movie that will bring generations together. Like, oh, that was that's good. Yeah. Someone needs a raise for that one. <laughs> and, you know, despite all his legal issues and stuff, like, I don't mind Ezra Miller as an actor, like, when in the roles that he's played. Um, it's just really, or, I guess, they, because he identifies uh, anyway, He's, yeah, Apo- them, yeah, yeah. Apol- apologies, I, I, yeah, but um, the movies that they have been in, um, but you know, just unfortunate, like are their um, real life antics have kind of you know soured their reputation, um, but you know, in the end, though. I, I always felt Ezra Miller wasn't a good Barry Allen. Um, I think he would have been a fine Wally West, uh, but I wish they would have found someone else for Barry Allen. Um, yeah, but I, I'll give you that. But I, I'd have been okay if he was Wally West. Like, like that would have been okay. Um, kind of like uh, Ryan Reynolds. You know, I f- didn't feel he was a good Hal Jordan, but I think he would have been a good Kyle Rayner. Green Lantern? I but, think he would have been a great guy Gardner. Yeah, it's just... Bringing the attitude into it. He, yeah, it's just... Ryan Reynolds, he's... Like, you can't help but like the guy, whereas Guy, I think, has to be played by someone you would want to slap his face. And I can't yeah, see, fair. I can't see anyone slapping Ryan Reynolds. Um, I'll give you that. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to do that in a later episode. Our our casting choices for <laughs> for uh, certain DC characters. Um, but speaking of <coughs> DC characters and DC movies, the topic for the Pop Culture Pub this week is uh, a new. Um, I don't think we've done this before. Uh, a new um, franchise topic. Uh, which is gone but not forgotten, and for this for this um, installment of Gone but Not Forgotten, we're going to be discussing canceled before they started. Um, so, even though the Flash wasn't canceled, uh, the movie originally was supposed to come out like 2018 or 2019, um, but it just kind of fell in limbo, and. You know, now all these years later, it's finally coming out. Like this movie was like predated uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. 
So, you know, and, and people are, you know, comparing this Flash movie to Spider-Man No Way Home because you got the different characters from different universes coming together. So, <clears throat> it's very reminiscent of it. Um, but yeah, this movie was supposed to come out, yeah, like, I want to say 2018, 2019. Um, so we're going to be talking about other things like that, that uh, didn't necessarily happen. For example, um, Justice League 2. Um, I Again, I want to say it was like 2019 when that was supposed to come out, or 2020. Um, and of course it never happened, you know, like the... The Snyderverse kind of imploded, unfortunately. Um, or fortunately, you know, maybe, you know, James Gunn will, you know, do good things. But, uh, yeah, I just... I really wanted that Justice League movie to be good. And, I, I admittedly, I haven't seen the Snyder Cut. Um, but... I wasn't happy with what I saw in theater, so I never really had any desire to go back and rewatch it. But I, I really wanted it to be like, you know, the feeling I had when I came out of seeing the Avengers for the first time. I just yeah. didn't, I just didn't get that with Justice League. So unfortunately, there was never a Justice League two. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the first one on my list. Uh, Kev. Uh, what what's first up on your list? Oh, the one that made me cry. So so upsetting, so upsetting. Um, in twenty seventeen, I think. Oh my God, was that that long ago? Twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. There was supposed to. Uh, now, do you remember? Um, uh, Runaways Marvel TV show it aired on Hulu in the States, so probably Crave for you. Um, and then they had uh, a Cloak and Dagger TV show for a little while. Yeah. I, I, I never watched them, but I've, I've heard of them. Yeah. Well, there was supposed to be another show. And it was cast, and apparently there's a pilot floating around somewhere that I haven't been able to find. Hmm. And it was supposed to get a full series, and it never happened. And it still upsets me to this day because there was supposed to be a new Warriors TV show. Mm. It was going to star, I cannot pronounce her name, uh, Milana Benyatra. Um, she's the really pretty girl in the AT&T commercials. Oh, okay. She was going to play Squirrel Girl. That would be awesome. So it's good, And she does the voice of Squirrel Girl on a lot of the animated stuff already. Yeah. So it was supposed to be um, New Warriors half-hour show, kind of the uh, reality show style in a way. Like, um, late, not the original 90s one wasn't, but they have done that gimmick in later New Warriors series. Yeah. Uh, Squirrel Girl was going to be the leader of the team. Uh, there was going to be a Mr. Immortal on the team, which I don't... I have... Almost all of the new warriors here and there, mm -hmm. but I, I really don't remember him ever being on the team. But that's kind of like Squirrel Girl crossing over with Great Lakes Avengers because she was on that team for a while. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, Night Thrasher is supposed to be on the team. Microbe Debris, who came along later on, but the most important one is Speedball was supposed to be on the show. 
which I was very looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And it just never happened. Um, this kid that plays Speedball, <coughs> he was, he was on a Disney Channel series called Alex and Alley. Um, he's in some sci-fi show called Storm World. Um, young kid, you know, he's, you know, been a, been a bit player and a bunch of other things too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, they did the pilot and then, um, it was supposed to be on Freeform in the U.S., which was slowly getting away from, you know, why do we have our own original programming when we have, you know, all the Disney and Fox stuff that we can just throw on here? Like, that's, Freeform's a channel in the States that pretty much does a Harry Potter marathon every other day. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, they just play, you know, they, they play a ton of stuff. It's nothing against, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the channel or anything. But, um, I guess their thought was, why are we wasting money on original content? Mm-hmm. And then Marvel, Marvel shopped it around, and nothing happened. Um, just just for the heck of it here, um, I, I decided to check uh, Freeform. They're also the one, I don't think they'll be on your in-memoriam later on, but Freeform used to be the family channel okay. in the U.S., and uh, that was Pat Robertson's Christian group and he airs the 700 club okay. you know, where he'll tell people what you know new thing in pop culture is actually the devil and they need to prevent it from their children and all that stuff yeah uh, and apparently part of the deal when he sold the family channel which became ABC fam or Fox family then ABC family now freeform uh, part of the deal was they have to keep playing the 700 club hmm. um, but he just died so maybe that won't happen but anyways, we didn't get New Warrior show. However, Freeform plays The Office for eight hours, and then The Simpsons for two hours, and then infomercials. Yeah. You know, and it's all, you know, like random Disney Fox stuff that they own, that they just play over and over again. Yeah. So that's what they got on there instead of me getting my New Warriors TV show. Like. I, I mean, like, I, there could have been speedball merchandise and and T-shirts and more toys than the one toy I finally got this year. Yeah, the thing with the new Warriors, though, like, I I, I, I like the comic book. Like, I, I back in the day, you know, I used to buy new Warriors. Um, you know, back in the early 90s when uh, Fabian Nicieza was writing it. and yeah. But I just, I don't know. I just think, a, like, seeing Speedball would be, like, it, it would have to be done right. And on a TV budget, I just don't know. By, like, Squirrel Girl costume. Night Thrasher costume. Um, some of the other ones, they, uh, Mr. Mortal costume. He just dies, you know. Um... Debris and Microbe are, like, lower-level mutants that were on the team later on. Yeah. Um, Debris got, like, you know, uh, manipulation of the Earth, you know, stuff like that and all. Um, there's stuff you could do, but Speedball with the kinetic energy and bouncing around, and even, like, do you have the actual bubbles appear on camera, too? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you could have 
and, and I would hope for the best. But I don't know how you could have had him without looking like a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess we'll never know, unfortunately. Um, oh. At least for now. Like, I mean, they, they, they may try and revisit it at some point. But. Well, and, and there, uh, there are pictures of her in the Squirrel Girl costume. Um, that ended up online a while ago. Oh, okay. And as ridiculous as it is, she pulls it off. Oh, yeah. I mean, she... Yeah, she's just... I don't know, like, those AT&T commercials, she's just so bubbly and and obviously beautiful. Um, yeah, she would, she'd make a perfect squirrel girl. Like, it, it, like, she was born for that character. Yeah. But... And again, like Squirrel Girl is one of those characters that kind of sounds ridiculous on paper, but I think would work, you know, in in a uh, in live action. But anywho, speaking of um, Marvel TV shows that kind of didn't go anywhere, uh, there was one, there was a TV uh, movie in the nineties. I think I think it was ninety five. Um, a lot of people didn't see it, and it didn't do well in the ratings, so it didn't go anywhere. Um, but a lot of people think the first live-action, you know, X-Men universe was the, the, the original Brian Singer X-Men. But it actually wasn't. The first, as far as I know, live-action X-Men universe show, or movie, or property was actually Generation X, and it aired as a as a TV movie on Fox in 1995, and it was based on you know the mid 90s Generation X comic book, which was a replacement of the New Mutants. Like the New Mutants became X Force, and then they didn't really have like a you know a school for you know gifted youngsters type of book. So they came up with uh, Generation X. I think it was Scott Liddell and maybe F- Fabian Nicieza was in there. Um, and, a, and a number of uh, good artists uh, that went through there. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a good comic book. And they made it into a, a, a TV movie with a bunch of people I don't know. Uh, the, I know the the lady who plays Emma Frost. Uh, she was an actress that was on. I want to say General Hospital. I, re- I remember her from the eighties. Um, being I think it was General Hospital. And uh, Matt Frewer, who was Max Headroom, and he was um, in an episode of TNG. He was on the Canadian uh, series Sci Factor. Uh, he played the bad guy, the mad scientist guy, and it, it. I liked it at the time. Like I'm sure now, like you can watch it. I believe on YouTube for free. It's like a, someone's VHS copy of it. Um, the special effects are pretty bad. Um, Banshee. Uh, the character from Generation X. In the comic books, he flies, 
aside from doing his, you know, sonic scream. Uh, but in the show, he just does a sonic scream, because obviously it's like mid-90s, they don't have the budget to have people flying around. So, um, yeah. I It was supposed to be a, you know, a backdoor pilot for a series, but unfortunately, I think because of the low ratings, it just never materialized. Um, Kev, did you ever watch that uh, TV movie? I have not watched it, and I should. Um, my friend Adam, who runs the Wizards uh, podcast, okay, uh, they they did a Patreon episode where they rewatched it. Because um, he loved it, and it keeps coming up in the pages of Wizards as you know, filming soon, and, and all sorts of updates for it. Mm-hmm. So they've been following it in the magazine. But they, yeah, they had a Patreon for it, and I believe. Was it the Gen X one? Like, uh, he did... It was something... Um, oh, he's going to kill me if he hears this. Do you know what a cameo is? You can get, like, a famous person to record a little greeting for you mm-hmm. or for, you know, for everything. You, okay. Yep. Someone did one for one of the actresses on that movie for him. Really? There was just yeah, it was, and it was just like you know, or a cameo type thing. It was just like, hey, I heard you're a big fan of the movie, and you know, like just a cute little thing for it. He he was so happy with it. That's cool. Well, I I yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, what, he's been talking about that movie for years. Yeah, one of the actresses, like I can't remember if she was the one who played Jubilee. Like I had a big crush on her. You know, she was really. Pretty. I wonder if it was Jubilee one. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I I can't remember, but yeah, it was one of them I had a big crush on. Cause yeah, I mean they were like a little bit older than me at the time. Um, but yeah, and unfortunately it didn't go anywhere. And yeah, uh, but I mean that that that's kind of what Fox is known for. It's like when they did the Doctor Who TV movie, and then that was supposed to like bring Doctor Who to America, like, this was around the same time, and it was gonna be, like, a big thing, but then nobody watched it, and it never went anywhere. So... No, I, I think it premiered on, like, a Friday night, too. Yeah. But, Because yeah. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it was like, oh, here's this new thing, and they're hyping it up and all, and then nothing. You never heard anything about it again. Yeah. Yeah, back in the 90s, Fox did, yeah, they did, like, a few Alien Nation, because, I mean, they had the Alien Nation TV show, which lasted, like, a season, I want to say, and then they did a number of TV movies as well, um, and then that kind of went nowhere, but, yeah, Fox is just known for that, like, I mean, the Firefly situation, uh, space above and beyond. I remember, like that. There's a lot of hype for that show, um, but even then, like back in the '90s, I remember the special effects weren't good, so that's why I tuned out. Um, they had the Millennium TV show. Um, they yeah, they had a bunch of they stuff like tried, that. Yeah, they even tried crossing over Millennium with X Files, didn't they? They did, did, yeah. Chris Carter show? Yeah, well, it was, um, t- it took place in the same universe, and I think 
Yeah, they did an episode, I want to say it was like season six or seven, where they did, like, basically it was like the Millennium finale, I guess, like where they did an actual crossover on the X-Files, uh, because the, sh the Millennium, the show had been cancelled. Um, they also did a, a show about virtual reality, I and I want to say that was a Chris Carter show too. Um... And I want to say Terry O'Quinn, who who played John Locke on Lost, was in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we could do a whole episode of Fox, you know, canceling things. Um, but anyway, uh, Kev, what's next on your list? All right. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of Marvel stuff. Um as we know from having lived through it, you, you know, you had uh, Iron Man for the first official Marvel movie, and that was because mm -hmm. they sold the rights of so many other things off. Yeah. But by that point, we had had, you know, X-Men and Spider-Man, and really, I think credit's got to be given to Blade for, hey, we took a low-list character and made this fun movie out of it, and successful one at that. Yep. But there was a time where movie studios had no faith in Marvel and no faith in, you know, anyone to go see it, despite the creators. Yeah. Because what we never got, that sounds like the greatest movie ever, is around Blade time, there was supposed to be a Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. And the writer, do you know about this one? I, I vaguely remember something about it. So the, the the writer the writer and director were already chosen and had already talked to each other and were drawing up you know plans and all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. because this Doctor Strange movie from late nineties early two thousands was going to be written by Neil Gaiman and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, that would have been awesome. It would have been incredible. It would have. I mean, it would have changed the path of superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Like, not that we're on a bad path, but, like, if you had something so emotional and experimental, like those two teaming up for Doctor Strange, like, you, you, you would have, you know, the, a, a big deal was made over Heath Ledger, you know, winning the uh, Academy Award posthumously for Joker. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, superhero movie being nominated. I'm like, if you had that movie, one, parts of that movie would have been nominated. Two, we would have nominations every year because a lot of other people would have been inspired by that and would have been creating their own things, too. Yeah. But that would have been amazing. And that will no. never happen. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But and I mean, Guillermo's the type to reuse stuff. Because speaking of something that never happened, there was supposed to be the Universal Monsters shared universe thing. Mm -hmm. There was that Tom Cruise Mummy movie was supposed to kick it off, and then um, I think that Invisible Man movie that came out a couple years ago was like not. Like, originally was going to be part of it, but then they gave up and just did their own thing. Mm -hmm. um, but Guillermo was supposed to do the Creature of the Black Lagoon reboot movie, 
the whole shared Universal Monsters universe got canceled, and he rewrote it, and that became Shape of Water, which mm. he won all these awards for. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah. I mean, I, I, as I'm reading Sandman for the first time, and uh, I actually rewatched Hellboy a few weeks ago just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. And imagine those two teaming up on something would have been awesome. Yeah, would have been fantastic. Um. All right. Well, uh, next on my list. Um. Oh, sorry, I'm having a brain cramp right now. Um, oh, I was going to say with, uh, that Invisible Man movie, that actually came out in two, 2020, because that was the, and, I, and the reason I remember that is that was the last movie I saw before the lockdowns, uh, started. Um, that, and I think just before that I saw Birds of Prey, and then that was it, then we were in lockdowns and... It was like, I don't know, like a year before I got back to the theater, uh, at least. But it's hard to believe that was three years ago already. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, time's just flying by. Um, so one thing that, uh, you know, I ha- you know, being a Star Trek guy, I had to have some, some Star Trek on this list. So for me, uh, for those who don't know, back in the original series... Star Trek, the original series, um, from 1966 to 69, they did three seasons. Every season they were on the cusp of cancellation. So season one, um, they were doing okay, but uh, they were considering canceling them. and But they brought them back in, at the last minute. They decided to bring them back. Then season two... Um, they figured they were done, right? So Gene Roddenberry for the fina- for the season two finale, he they did an episode called Assignment Earth. And in this episode, the Enterprise, you you know, they use the you know warp speed around the sun to go back in time type of thing, which they did in an episode in season one, and which they later did in Star Trek for the Voyage Home. They, they they decide to, to do this again. And, because uh, the first time, if I remember correctly, the first time they do this, you know, slingshot around the sun technique to, to time travel, it was an accident the first time. Uh, the second time they, they were just doing it to see if they could do it again. And they did. But when they, so this was the season two finale, Simon Earth, and uh, this guy shows up on the Enterprise. He beams in. And his name is Gary Seven. And he knows they're from the future. He know, like He's like, you got, you know, the Federation won't exist for another 300 years or whatever. You know, what are you doing here? So he knows what's going on. They're gonna, like, the, like some, I, I can't remember the exact plot, but there's some, like, otherworldly agents that were going to blow up one of the space missions and Gary seven stops it from happening. And Kirk and Spock think Gary seven sabotaging things. So they're trying to stop him. And, and, uh, Terry Gar was in that episode. She is basically hired as Gary seven's assistant. Like she's a secretary. 
Gary Seven has this cat with him, this black cat that, when nobody's looking, transforms into this beautiful woman. Um, but only Terry Gar sees this beautiful woman. Um, it, it 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 was a lot to 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 take in, but what people didn't realize at the time this this was actually what they call a backdoor pilot. So a backdoor pilot is when they will take an established TV series and they will, you know, introduce new characters and stuff and use that series as a test to see if people will like this episode. And if they do, then they'll do a spinoff series. Um, so like, uh, you know, Robin Williams showing up on Happy Days, that was like a backdoor for Mark and Mindy. Um, the last episodes of Three's Company were, was, you know, Jack getting engaged and he was going to move in with his girlfriend and then the dad didn't like him and that, that was going to be a spinoff called Three's Company, or sorry, uh, Three's a Crowd. Um, you know, like, they, they, they used to do this a lot uh, back in those, you know, those days. And this was, Assignment Earth was going to be its own series. You know, Star Trek was getting canceled, but Gene Roddenberry and them were, you know, throwing this out there in the finale. Like, hey, if you cancel Star Trek, we got this series that we can do, Assignment Earth. And you can see what, you know, the basic premise of it is in this season two finale of Star Trek. Um, but, uh, uh, but Star Trek got renewed. They did a letter writing campaign, uh, an even bigger one following season two, the fans, and they renewed Star Trek for a third season, but Assignment Earth didn't happen. And I often wonder, like, what would have happened if, if uh, they had done Assignment Earth as well as the third season of Star Trek? Because, um, you know, I like Terry Garr. Um, I think she's she's funny, and I like the premise. You know, basically, it's he's kind of like James Bond, but in a galactic setting. Um, and of course, you know, with it being in the sixties and, and, um, you know, budgetary reasons, most of his adventures would have been on earth, but maybe we would have seen him go to different planets, you know, like maybe, we would, you know, there would have been some of that. Um, and then in season two of Star Trek Picard, they kind of shoehorned in like Gary seven, you know, like his, the, the group that he was part of is still uh, visiting Earth and still, you know, uh, guiding certain people to certain things. Like, there was, uh, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the, the actress that played Laris in Season 1, she's like a Gary Seven-type character in Season 2 that is assigned to protect Picard's ancestor who discovers something on a space mission or something. I don't know. It was really convoluted, but... It was kind of nice that they, you know, paid homage to Gary Seven, even though I didn't like season two of Picard. Um, but I often wonder what what would have happened had they done that if that had been a series. I think I think it would have been interesting. You know, it it, it could have been like Doctor Who, an American version of Doctor Who. Like rather than say that it was, uh, it, it's basically James Bond and Doctor Who together in one. But sorry, Kev, you, you were asking something? No, I was just wondering, so is Picard the only callback to it? 
that's existed since yeah. the original episode, or, or like, is there anything that they mess around with and you know, novels or comics or oh, oh yeah, like I mean, animated, they, right? I'm sure, like I I know for a fact they did a comic book on Gary Seven, um, and I want to say there's like some novels as well. But as far as in continuity in live action, yeah, the Picard uh, callback is the only thing that they've done. Oh wow! So like, like honestly, if they if like because like modern Star Trek, you know, they like to take ideas that were already done and run with them. Uh, they should do that. Like I, I like I'd be up for you know. Obviously, I think the actor who played Gary Seven's gone now. Um, and obviously he'd be too old for the role anyway. You'd have to cast a younger guy. But I, I think it would be a lot of fun if they did something like that. I like because the rumor is that they're going to be doing a Section Thirty One series uh, with Michelle Yeoh. And as much as I love her, I don't like her character in Star Trek Discovery. Um, like because she plays like the evil Empress from the alternate universe, and. She's running Section Thirty One now for some reason. For some reason, and I just, eh, you know, Gary Seven. That that that'd be the way to go. But anywho, uh, Kev, do do you happen to have one more on your list? I can give one more for you. All right, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, do you remember the '90s when we had all the Marvel Toy Biz lines? Oh yeah. Yep. So, like, uh, there's X-Men line, there's Spider-Man line, there's random Marvel Heroes line, and then when the Hulk cartoon came out, there's a Hulk line with, you know, various versions of the Hulk and She-Hulk and, uh, you know, a leader and Abomination and stuff like that. Yep. And at one point, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we got a Ghost Rider line. Hmm. So there was the Danny Ketch, which was the 90s Ghost Rider, uh, Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider one, um... Was uh, Blackheart, I think, was one of the main bad guys, which is supposed to be like Mephisto's kid. Okay. And it just seemed like really, and, and, you know, there were the regular figures, and then there were other versions of the figures, which were considered vehicles because they're on their motorcycles and all. And it just seemed really strange. Like, I mean, Greg Ghost Rider was really popular, but like, mm-hmm. what a weird line, what a weird toy line at the time. Well, it turned out that the Hulk cartoon that was on for two seasons on UPN, and UPN was a very weird station, a whole other story in the U.S. Yeah. Um, the Hulk TV cartoon was supposed to have a spinoff for Ghost Rider. And there's actually an episode starring Ghost Rider that was supposed to be, to bring it back to your point from before, a backdoor pilot. Okay. The episode's made, the toys are coming out, everything's happening. And then out of nowhere, UPN or whatever channel that was going to pick up the Ghost Rider animated series realized, we're making a show about a motorcycle demon and marketing it towards kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe this isn't the smartest thing we've done. (laughs) Yeah. And cartoon kid uh, animation and standards and practices and all the loopholes you got to go through are absurd. I've listened to, you know, podcasts and read stuff of, you know, just these executives like, well, we can't show them punching each other. Well, we can't show this. Well, we can't show that. 
So how they thought they were going to do, you know, Demon Biker cartoon is beyond me. But, you know, they got they got a toy line out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it went far enough to have the pilot and the toys, and then someone killed it. Yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, speaking of, of the cartoon loopholes and stuff, like, it's crazy, to you know, the things that they had to go through. Um. And you and as a kid, it just goes over your head. You you don't realize it until you're an adult years later, and you're watching it. And you're like, yeah, like He Man, for example. You never like he never uses a sword on anybody except for robots. GI Joe, yeah, they only shoot and kill robots, um, and stuff like that. Like it just, I don't know. Like, well, like I just found out. If there's more than one female character on a cartoon, like <coughs> like Scooby Doo, yeah. Um, one of the reasons is well, we can't have one woman in a van, car, you know, playing whatever whatever thing all the boys are, because then you know, it, I don't know. I guess imply that she'll just be assaulted the entire time. Yeah. But if there's two, then they'll be safe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we have Daphne and Velma. Well, that's like, um, you know, uh, 60s, and this is live action, 60s Batman. You know, why they had to have that, oh, what's her name? Ant something. No, not Petunia. That's... uh, Vivian? The old lady, yeah, that, that lives at the manor with them. Yeah, um, I want to say Vivian, but that doesn't sound right. No, I, and Petunia—that's uh, Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, but the reason being is the executives felt that if they sh- they showed three men, you know, Alfred, Robin, and Batman living together uh, in a mansion, that they must be homosexual. Aunt Harriet. Yeah, Aunt Harriet. Yeah. So they had to they had to have a woman character there, and I'm just thinking to myself which, like wh- why like I, um which and, and, and oh well they're gay but they can't be gay because their aunt is there it's like well, she's not a romantic interest for anyone yeah um if they're sneaking around to be Batman and Robin she's not catching anything so they could if they're gay they could sneak around to be gay yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he's not catching on to stuff. And if you really want to have like something, t- something heterosexual, why do you wait till season three to introduce Batgirl then? Yeah, yeah, it's and it, really it's, like Batman's being hit on by Catwoman, you know, mute, uh, other female villains mm-hmm. throughout the series, and especially usually whatever the the mall is. You know, because all the villains, all the male villains had a pretty girl with them. Yeah. And they usually use that girl to hit on Batman. Yeah. So there's plenty of heterosexualness to go around. Yeah. It, it's just, I don't know, it's just funny how people, even back then, would think of things like that. Like, as a kid, when I was a kid watching Batman, like, I, I never liked Aunt Harriet. She always annoyed me. Because she was such, you know, played off as such a doofus, um, and I was like, "Why do they have to have her there?" Like, uh, you know, like never in my, you know, adolescent mind was I thinking that 
there was any shenanigans going on. Um, no, it's just it's it's silly. It, and and speaking of that, that's um, like the Incredible Hulk TV series. Uh, the reason why he's called David Banner and not Bruce Banner is because whatever focus group that they used for that series, they felt that if you called him Bruce, people would assume he's homosexual. Yeah. So, and I'm thinking to myself, but why? I, I, I don't get that. Um, like, Batman's name is Bruce. and no, You know, like, like it's just crazy that, that uh, you know, they go to, the, to those lengths. So that's why in the in the you know the seventies or uh, Hulk show he was called David Bruce Banner instead of uh, Robert Bruce Banner. But like, why call him David at all? Like, why not? Because uh, you know, in the comic books, he you know people call him Bruce Banner, but his name is actually Robert Bruce Banner. So why not just call him Robert or Bob or something? If if, if you're worried yeah. about you know people thinking something. Uh, it's just just silliness how uh, people get all bent out of shape over a name or or something that just isn't there. Like I don't know, strange. Um, but anyway, I think that we could call this an episode of the Pop Culture Pub. Um, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Kevin, where can we find you, sir? Uh, you can find me across most social medias. I'm at Mass Library. MassLibrary.com is my home blog. And soon uh, I'll be doing stuff again over at TheRetroNetwork.com. Excellent. Um, well, for this episode, I'm not going to be plugging myself. I'm actually going to be promoting uh, a book release. Um, my, my daughter, my, uh, my stepdaughter, uh, she's my oldest daughter, um, Katie, uh, self-published a book through Amazon. Um, and, uh, uh, let's see, I got it written down here. Um, or I did have this written. Oh, yeah. It's called, uh, Best Mummy for Me. Um, so it's a, it's a kid's book. Um, it was written and, uh, the art is by my daughter, Katie. Her last name's Paluski. So um, if you go to Amazon, just uh, type in Best Mommy for Me in the search bar. Or you can type in my daughter's name. And her name is spelled K-A-Y-D-E. That's Katie. Uh, and her last name's Paluski. P-A-W-L-U-S-K-I. And um, I, I, it, it just came out, I think, today. Um, so I know it's on Amazon.ca for sure. I'm assuming it would be available also on Amazon.com. Um, and I gotta, I gotta say, I was, uh, taken by surprise. Um, like I knew she was working on this, um, cause she had asked, cause I, cause I self-published a couple books through Amazon myself. So she was asking me how I did that and stuff. So I, you know, and this was like last year. So I, I kind of, you know, pointed her in that direction and, and told her what I did and all that kind of stuff. And then today I just seen it on my on my Facebook that this book's out now. And I was like, whoa, I totally didn't <laughs> didn't realize that was coming out. To me, it seems like this 
we were just talking about it, but I guess it was like a year ago. Um, and she's and she's a very talented artist. And um, yeah, um, please uh, check that out if if uh, you are so inclined. Um, and I gotta say, uh, with with all my kids, uh, each one of them's a really good artist. Um, like like my son Bailey, he draws and he does great artwork. My both my daughters are very talented that way as well. Um, like my daughter Shelby does a lot of anime style of drawings, and I I just I don't know where they get it from because they don't get it from me. Um, because you know, like I, I like to write, but I can cannot draw to save my life. And I've tried. I used to try when I was a kid so hard to be an artist because that, that was my dream. I wanted to be a comic book writer and artist, but I had to settle on just being a, a, a writer. Um, but if you know, then then I would read stories like Chris Claremont, for example. Um, you know, one of the greatest writers ever in comic books, but when he couldn't find an artist, he was screwed. You know, because you know he couldn't draw. Um, you know, like you said, it was it, it was frustrating because um, you know he would be working with these artists like Jim Lee and stuff, and they can do a drawing and it could be put on a T-shirt and make him money, but no one's going to buy a T-shirt with with a script on it. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's really hard to make it in the comic industry if you're just a writer and not an artist. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm very immensely proud of my kids for their uh, their talent and art and, and all that. And I'm very proud of my daughter, Katie, for, for doing this book. So kudos to her. Um, all right. Well, I think that's everything uh, for the Pop Culture Pub. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.